House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. And we're back. And joining us from Chicago, we have Winter Lake. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. It's great to be here. How are you today? I'm pretty good, actually. Pretty good. Great now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask, now Now your name, Winter Lake, is such a cool name. And uh, were you born with that, or did you change it? No, it's just my writing dialogue name. I have a real name, yeah. No, Winter Lake um, was just something that it was with me and kind of in my poetry, because I do write poetry and music. So it was something that I just evolved with. It wasn't anything that uh, I was born with. Yeah. So. Uh, where did you come up with the name? Was there something that inspired you? Was there some writing or some, some something else? No, not really. Um, you know, I really don't care about names, ironically. Um, names really don't mean a whole lot. And it was just something that kind of evolved. And I liked, you know, the last pronunciation, um, Lake, which is my real last name, ironically admitting that. Um, it's Nordic roots, it's Germanic roots, it's a lot of things. So it's, you know, with the double A's in it, um, it brings out, like, all of the old ancestry, you know, that my heritage is. And I've traveled over there, but then all over there, and I just uh, feel at one with it. And, um, you know, I'm kind of a gloomy person. Don't mean to be. I mean, I'm generally in a happy gloom, but uh, it's a weird place. And so it just the dynamic of the name fits who I am as a persona, although I'm very, you know, dark comedian-ish. Uh, I, I do have a real strong sense of humor, and I'm a real person, you know. I, I really don't care about ego, ironically. I have nothing to prove. Quite often, I'll meet someone with some grandoy's name, and they have some ego to match it, and it's just so annoying. You meet these guys, and it's like, you have nothing going on. You're just some, you know, dude who lives at home in your mother's basement, you know, and you call yourself, you know, Count something. It's just, you know... So it's just a funny kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so now let's take me back to um, where you grew up and was there something in some event or some, some happening where you started to get into more the satanic black magic area of your life? Well, I was born into it myself, just found it. Um, my heritage, really, ironically, it's been hit or miss. Uh, you know, most people in my family aren't this way, but uh, I ironically just embraced it. It happened at a very young age. Uh, I would say about five years old. I got into a real strong interest towards the dark side or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, even that's kind of a cliche. Um, it just grew into me. Um, I have had events. I've had supernatural events my whole life. Um, and that proclivity uh, led me in. You know, you get into 
seeing things, and you know, mostly these things are on vibration. I felt things, and then I saw signs and synchronicities in life. Um, I had experiences with like weird creatures, uh, like bats and stuff, and uh, it just was a natural progression. And uh, then I got into it stronger in my teenage years. I started reading a little more. I started educating myself a little more. I found that other people shared the same kind of proclivity um, and just went with it, you know. And, and then I began to realize truly that I garnered power, um, that I really could, with the you know my sheer desire, manifest a lot of things. And things were happening for me. Doors were opening for me. I began to, you know, in a witchcraft sense, just mold reality to my will. And ever since that time, I have perfected it, in my opinion, and perfected a lot of my philosophy or sought to perfect it. It's ever a seeking out. When you venture down the road of black magic, which is not understood by 90% of the populace, um, it is a very solitary path, and usually a lot of practitioners are solitary anyway. But it, in this regard, it really takes you to another level of, you know, aloneness and then a desire in that aloneness to manifest and to make more things occur. You know, your lust of results is stronger and so on and so on. And for me, it just drew down into a philosophy of evil, inheritance to evil, acceptance of my true nature, and so on and so on. Uh, it's just a progression and a seeking out. Right. So you, you, in essence, think that uh, you're inherently evil. Absolutely. And I think that all mankind is inherently evil. Yes. Okay. Because all men created evil, in my opinion. Okay, so we're all created e evil. Um, yes. So with that in 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 mind, um, why do we do anything good then? Good is a part of altruistic aspects of a lesser evil. Um, man deprived is beast. It's just a very subtle instinct within us all. As we look at our cordoned and conditioned reality, especially through slave religions, it seeks to control and, and keep us in our order. My grand question for my philosophy was, if we remove the boundaries of law, why are we at each other's throats? Why do we want to kill each other off? Therein lies my whole aspect of my philosophy, and I realize that mankind is evil. Because once you release these cordons of law, which we've created around ourselves, uh, we're just automatically these barbaric monsters. We just unleash our will, and we just go at it. And even if you're altruistic and you choose to try to have a lesser path, it becomes very reactionary. So you could be a person that plays with flowers and sits under a tree, but others will come for you. So you will react to this action, reaction, evil on evil kind of force. I think that mankind is leading itself from a civilized evil, which it is in currently, 
into a more perfected evil. The more perfected evil probably will not occur until after a grand holocaust, because as we overpopulate ourselves out of existence, things will begin to run out. Mankind's tension becomes more intense. Then we're at each other's throats more. Thermonuclear war, which is inevitable, occurs. And then it just becomes this experiment. And from that experiment, you know, in my superconsciousness and others of that nature would rise to the fore of that celebration. The whole darkness of the aspect would envelop mankind into a more Aryan society, a more perfected evil. Because mankind by nature is technically very vile. You know, overall they do the most barbaric things, especially when law is removed. And there's a reason why law exists. Law exists to keep the instinct of evil, which is inherent within ourselves, in control. So it's, a, it's just a philosophy that I have evolved into and I've experimented on. It, it, it moves on into its own reality and it's ever perfecting, if that makes any sense. Yeah, actually, I, I understand totally. I, I get it. The, uh, now, how could you bring um, Satanism into it? Satanism, by its fundamental nature, is that aspect of evil. Now, there's different philosophies on Satanism from self-worship, theistic, and so on, and all of these other types. But in my definition of what Satanism is, is that the embrace of the evil nature for the selfish intent of the magic, you know, user, the person that intends to have his own result occur in society. Now, I just call a spade a spade. Yeah. You know, Satanism is God, it's power, it's all-encompassing, it's a reflection of a creator. But in my opinion, we are all one in the dark spirit, that we are already merged throughout the universe with this ever-flowing satanic consciousness that there is never a severance, that we are always one with it. Hence, we are one with whatever created us and inherently evil God, or whatever you want to call it. That God could be called Satan, but it's not necessarily something that you would worship. You are already at one with. It has never been a separation or even a need. Now, there are an atonement incantations and powers that make manifest in this current society in this current space and time. Now, you could even get into quantum thinking, and you could even say that all of this has even evolved and, and happened before, even unto our own deaths, and we are just living out in loops of time, and so on and so on. All of this still flows within satanic consciousness. It is eternal and forever. So I may be talking in, in very large terms, but very simply it is... It's Satan is a power to name, it's a manifestation of that which I would call the force of the satanic consciousness throughout the universe that is evil, that we are in one with. Now, it could be Asmodeus, it could be Pazuzu, you could call it by any name you want. These are just things that man do to give labels to things in order to understand certain things. However, on the other side of it, about 80% to 90% of society on a whole rejects the evil nature of themselves. They aspire into a lesser evil and they return themselves as good creatures. 
and so on and so on. So it is a denial of that Satan or that satanic consciousness or that energy. It's an odd conundrum of humanity. Very simple because really it's even death-oriented as well. You know, people don't realize that in this current state of existence it is very finite that we are living in a very finite existence and, and death even in itself is in denial as well as their inherent evil, or they do not understand it or seek to preclude to deny it. So in what you're saying now, first in, uh, as in uh, satanic, would not necessarily refer to a religion, so it wouldn't be like Luciferian then, would it? Well, it's all anything that it would entail. These labels are very interesting. Yeah. Luciferianism, Satanism, black magic, there's even paganism, witchcraft, whatever you want to call it, anything that is tapping into this force. And these different people tap into, they believe, different forces. But it's in my opinion, the source is all the same. And the labels are all the same. The force is all the same. And it's essentially the evil nature of ourselves that we are tapping into. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I was, I'm trying to um, put it in terms of, you know, people believe in a, a Jesus Christ, or they believe in a some sort of a God, and therefore the opposite is Lucifer. That is their devil. It's known as Satanism, and yet dealing with Satanists, like Levee Satanists, don't believe in a Jesus or or Satan. Like there's so many different variations. So you're saying it's just all-inclusive. It's just really one force. Everything is one force. The dynamics of messiahs have come and gone. Everyone always seeks exterior of themselves. Everything is within. You know, Anton LaVey, I knew him when he was alive. He did. He was into atheistic Satanism. That is basically essentially death worship and self-worship. It was like everything is of you here to have in the here and now and the materialism. That's all you need to have. You know, death is a great abstinence, and that's something in, in a fatalistic sense. Now, that's a great way to live, too, because if you're fatalistic, and I am very fatalistic, then you live every day to your tallest and highest potential. You know, and there are different other aspects, but yes. The philosophy is divergent, and, and it moves around even from altruism to Christianity and so on and so on. But you'll also get into the dynamic like with the whole Muslim onslaught thing where we believe the truth and that everyone else who doesn't believe is going to be under the cudgel or the hammer of death. You know, and so that is the threat. And, you know, when you get into that kind of thing, that is a problem. That is when someone taps on liberation to seek to take away Luciferian liberation or just freedom in general. Because I am a freedom-loving individual and so on and so on, and I'm, I'm deviating slightly, but I'm talking now about how certain of these types of religions, like this whole Muslim thing, like this whole ISIS onslaught nonsense, where either you believe or you are an infidel, if you are labeled an infidel, that gives us the right to enslave, crucify you, mangle you, destroy you, molest you, rape you, and so on and so on. They, so, you know, in their own belief system, they are giving themselves permitted access to commit great forces of evil on others through their own idea. 
Now, that is not anywhere near what Satanism or Luciferianism or the philosophy that I am talking about believes in. I don't seek to convert anyone, and I don't seek to destroy anyone who I would deem, you don't believe in my belief, I'm going to therefore, you know, cut your head off. But that is, you know, the grand threat that is happening as well in this society, this world, and that is something to be watched and definitely has to be eradicated from the face of the earth, in my opinion. Right. Because freedom is, we have the choice to do what we want to do, and in a lot of ways, as long as we don't move outside of the boundaries of our law, you know, and this is pretty common sense stuff, but I'm looking at it in a very stark light. I'm looking at it from the, from my perspective, as I have developed it, is that I have accepted that I am inherently evil, and from that I can understand why certain things are in place. And I think in the conundrum for society as a whole, they don't realize that. But also, you know, to have a cudgel of death brought down on anyone that is deemed the infidel, or I have the right to go into a village and take off all the girls and kill the children and so on and so on, this kind of thing is nonsense and horrible. You know, and it needs to be stopped, and I hope it will. Well, do you think that in the big picture, like with the ISIS and that whole thing going on, that that in itself kind of proves your point that we're all kind of evil by nature? And isn't that just one part of it? And even if we do wipe that part out, another evil will be around still. There will always be this evil. Yes. Like, uh, yes. Like, different, yes, there is a demonic pecking order. There is hierarchical levels of evil. And I, I kind of look at myself in a sophisticated evil, a civilized evil, in the, current, in the current country that I live in and the boundaries that I give myself. There's a lot of philosophy that says that evil has no boundaries. In a lot of ways, it does not, unless you put yourself in the boundaries. So, yes, ISIS does quantify the low end, the most guttural nonsense of, of evil that mankind can stoop to. The most barbaric, that they are just out, these ruthless, horrible monsters that are, you know, raping and pillaging. That would be what mankind's essential nature is. But through my philosophy, and even I accept that, and I understand that nature. I do not approve of it. I think that we need to become civilized, and I think we need to become more perfected in our evil. And it would take us to the farthest edges of the universe to get off of this rock, and we could fulfill our destiny and conquer it. You know, because it is our will as humanity to go out into the universe and conquer. But to, to do this in this guttural, horrible, barbaric sense is not really the way. It's not, and, and especially unleashing it on fellow humanity, because I don't really deem racism, you know, I think all humanity is the same. I, I think racism is a waste of time. But we are on a terrible path. I mean... As I pointed out in the beginning of our conversation, that we are becoming overpopulated. This increases tensions. This brings about the disintegration of civilized order, and this brings about the disintegration of humanity as a whole through possible total annihilation, which is very, you know, 
very much on the precipice. It's been there for a long time, but especially since the 1940s, since, you know, we've developed these nuclear weapons, it's become more apparent. And I do think that it is naive to think that nuclear war could be staved off forever. Right. So, so do you have kind of an opinion of where it's all going? Well, you know, you could look at this in a mathematical aspect and calculate really how we, how our society is going up, you know, on a scale. Uh, you know, this population is exploding to this level, and by this time, as our climate degrades and as certain food spoils are destroyed and so on and so on, it, it's just like one goes down the graph and the other goes up. Probably by 2020 is when we're going to see our first pangs of, of desolation. And then there's also going to be some intense scientific changes as we technologically advance and merge with our machines and so on. There's going to be a lot of different variables and, and things that could happen for us that could take us to the stars or down to the bedrock. Hmm. It goes either way. Yeah. So how do you live your day-to-day -day life? I'm really set, brother. You know, I really don't want for anything. I live really well, and... Um, I'm kind of uh, on my own path. I'm a screenwriter. I do a lot of uh, work in that field. I'm successful in that regard. Um, I have no ego, and I'm not crazy about, like, you know, as I said earlier, you know, about all that. But uh, my life is really nice. I, I live clean. I'm highly educated. Um, I have no issues. Um, but I see a lot of society on the whole that is kind of in uh, fluctuations and changes and inundated with third world mindset. Right, right. Well, you know, I noticed now. So you've you've written books and you do uh, screenwriting and uh, you even create music, don't you? Um, yes, I do music. Yeah, yeah, every day. So, so, so you're you know you're very I guess we want to say artistic or literature. That's great. Uh, how does the other side come now? I, I've also, um, in my research, now you do some remote viewing and um, and you've helped, uh, uh, let's say, uh, p police find uh, missing and for murdered and uh, all that stuff. Where, where did that whole remote viewing psychic sort of energy kind of, um, when did you become aware of it? Well, it's really odd how it occurs. And, you know, again, there are labels. You can call it clairvoyance, clairaudience, psychometry. Right. Yeah. It is. We have these different labeled names. I like to use the remote viewing tag because that was created by black operatives and, um, you know, different people that were in the experiment of initiating what remote viewing was. But it was a natural progression. I, I started looking at things. Um, screen into the future, you know, using divination tools, using tarot cards. I started looking and seeing, you know, into the past and into the future. And I arrived at what I believed was, to be honest, quantum thinking, that I do think everything has happened before, even unto our death. 
And because I wanted to, you know, I had to bring myself into a thunder. I had to bring myself into an understanding of why even screers or people like myself were able to look forward and backward and have clarity and so on and so on. Because it had to have already occurred. And, I mean, I think lives in transmigration, you know, on and on, and the energy is ever flowing in the satanic consciousness. But how it happened was I just would get interested in certain things as a teenager, you know, certain missing persons. I would see articles, and then I would, you know, look at it, read it, and then I started to experience certain supernatural vibrations. I would see a street sign or clothes. I would see certain things, you know, that would be carrying on with, with what it was. And, you know, I was just able to find those people, you know. And it's just odd how it occurred. Like one time I was in a restaurant and I heard this Irish guy talking and uh, I started talking to him, and um, and we would just, you know, this is how random it'll start. He's, like, telling me about his sister and so on and so on. And uh, his sister had been raped and killed, and, you know, he could never find her. I told him this, and he was shocked by it. And then I told him the location of where he could find it, and the police went over there and they found her skull and so on. And so it can get really spooky. It can get really accurate. Um, I do not do these kind of things anymore. I remote you for myself. I solve crimes for myself. I don't involve myself with law enforcement anymore because you just get deemed as a suspect. And I'm not looking to deal with that anymore. You know, I'm not interjecting myself into those situations. It's not worth it to me to do so. It's, uh, you know, one of these things where... You bring yourself into that, then the police start looking at you because that's how they are. They're just monkey see, monkey do, you know. How does this guy know that this was this, you know? When you have information that's only privy to the police and so on and so on. So that's how it generally started. It was a natural organic progression. And then I kind of perfected it. I still do it, but I do it for myself. I don't really do anything else or any other types of things. But remote viewing is very fun. And, you know, I've, I've gotten into remote influencing, which is uh, just other different types of forms of black magic manipulation. So in the remote viewing, you actually go places. Correct. Have you ever tried remote viewing before? No, I haven't tried remote viewing to, before. I know people that have, but I haven't. Mm -hmm. I think you could. I have an intuition that's, that I, I think anybody could really learn this if they really had the desire to. Um, you, it, it begins in simple ways where you see objects and so on and so on, but then you begin to get pick up on vibrations and you run with those initial vibrations and feelings and visions and so on, and then you can actually see things. And it's uh, it's just, I think, um, the evolution of mankind striving to become more psychic, to utilize more of its mind. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of, I think, where we're going as mankind, if we survive. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and so... <laughs> 
a li- li- little bit deep there. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, so what what is the the part of the uh, black magic? So, um, wh- how does that fit into this? Like a, a little bit more specifically, um, where does it come from, and how do we use it? Well, black magic is, again, a term that I use for my own personal advancement. Um, It could be witchcraft to somebody else. It could be white light projection to someone else. It could be anything to anyone else, but I choose to call it for what I feel it is. It's harnessed from... We at Wondery, creators of Dr. Death, Scamfluencers, and Over My Dead Body, go deeper into complex true crime stories to give you an inside look at the facts. And now we're launching the ultimate true crime fan destination, Exhibit C. It's truly criminal. Wondery's Exhibit C gives you the detective's lens of all of the evidence, taking you step by step through the twists and turns of each true crime case. Join the Exhibit C online community to access exclusive show merchandise, member-only content, and to hear directly from top criminal and social justice experts, witnesses, and investigators as they take us beyond the evidence and into the case file. Join now by following Wondery Exhibit C on Facebook or find us on the web at WonderyExhibitC.com and listen to true crime podcasts on Wondery and Amazon Music. Exhibit C. It's truly criminal. A projection within the will of society, the will of nature, to manipulate it to your own personal adventures. And black magic, I just call it that. That is the form of magic that I practice, you know, and it's it's brought about through evoking elements within the universe, whether it's Beelzebub or Abaddon or any of these forces, by whatever name you want to call it, but you're evoking and breaking the reality that you exist in. And you call into yourself just anything that really you want to manifest or desire. I mean, it, it it's something that is not for everyone because they typically want to have a watered-down version of something. No one wants to be that direct. They're very terrified of it, and they should be, because black magic, from the point to beginning, in my opinion, is you are accepting your nature as evil. You wish and want results. You want to be a millionaire or you want this certain girl or you want to have certain things happen in the political spectrum or you want to manipulate your enemy, you want to destroy your enemy. These kind of things are all fascinations with with certain people and, and their fascinations with me. But through black magic, you can make these things happen. But you have to really kind of ardently focus your own mind, your will, your energy, tap into what it is, which is not for everybody, but I call it what it is because it is what it is. And I think evil is that that core force in the galaxy, in the nature of things. Now, others won't call it that. They'll call it something else or they feel they're coming from a different point. But as I said, I feel that I'm at one with it. So that is where black magic would come in. It's lust for results. It's incantation. It's casting curses. It's it's releasing people from curses, which I can do. You know, it's telling them their future. 
it's it's setting a course out for their their whole world or it's you know letting them look and see what their lover is doing and so on and so on there are so many different angles it's psychology psychology psychometry it's social it, it covers every spectrum of the human adventure so what would you use black magic for as a person like i said black magic spells or um is that to um, hurt other people or help yourself? Well, you can. I mean, especially in, in you know, climbing the corporate ladder, you know, you can hurt others, get them out of your way, you know, or you can help yourself try to manifest your account to have, you know, thousands of dollars, if not millions. You know, you have to combine these things with action. Ironically, I'll meet a lot of different types of practitioners and um, they'll ask me, why am I successful at this? It's so dangerous. You know, supposedly believe in repercussions, which I do not. I do not believe in karma. I think karma is a conditioned herd lie that is told to the sheep in order to control them. Um, if karma existed, mankind would have been annihilated a long time ago. Uh, but um, you just essentially beckon and and want things for yourself you want to have you know and live high and live good so you would project magic for those ends hmm. now do you know a lot of other people like yourself um very few i mean it's rare that i meet a really a strong practitioner very rare ironically a lot of times as, as i said earlier a lot of these guys or girls, they have egos that are just way out there. They think they're just empowered with some kind of supernatural energy, which they probably are, but they've let it go to their head. Because once you start down this path and you believe that in your passion, your desire, your will, and you believe all of these things, and you, you, you know, if you've researched the philosophy, you know, you've gone into 5,000 years of philosophy and so on and so on, and you've looked at human nature and you've accepted certain things, they just get these boisterous egos. So really, you can't hang out with them. They're not fun to be with. They do not have sense of humors. They're not, they're not social, you know. So, I mean, it's rare that I would meet someone like myself. It is very rare. I have met a few people that are, um, but it's it's not as prevalent as you think, a real deal practitioner. Wow. And so how does this affect your life? Like, how do you live your life in the sense of uh, uh, do you believe in marriage and, and, and being with one person and having children and doing that standard life that's sort of promoted, you know? Well, I mean, it's not for everybody. No. You know, you have nothing against being in a relationship with one person. And I don't have any against people that want to have children who do it. For me, personally, it's not for me. Just like I won't put on corpse paint and pretend I'm some death metal person. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not putting on a show. Um, you know, if you saw me on the streets, you probably wouldn't realize what I'm into, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I live a you know a very normal life, and I think um, for me it's just how I am. But I know some people that live in extremis, 
that, you know, are taking it to the hills and they want to portray some kind of thing. And, you know, millions of people are. But me personally, I'm very down to earth. I'm very real. Um, you know, I live clean. I just, I don't really have any drama. So it's, it's pretty status quo, you know. As I said earlier, I really live, walk for nothing. Huh. And so, so now, your books, um, you've written five so far. Um, now, primarily, uh, what are they about? What's, what's your, what's your uh, goal in writing a book? Well, I'll usually come at it from a standpoint of interest, and I've actually written eight, and I, think I don't correct people, and I apologize, but I've actually written eight on the topic of Satanism, Luciferian, and black magic. Um, but I really, I don't come at it, you know, with any kind of new thing. It's like, it's organic, and I'll be inspired by certain events, and then I'll just go with it, you know. Some of these books are really about incantations and serenity prayers and and certain things that can just fill the vacuum of what I feel is in satanic thought. That was really and is basically the goal for all of my work. I think there is a huge gaping hole in it. I don't think people are educated in it. And so I'm taking on the status of philosopher and kind of bringing to the fore real, you know, material that people can understand and look at and take away from. And I can feel it. I mean, you can feel it. When you write and you are really into this craft and you feel people praying and working on your stuff, it definitely is a very powerful feeling. And I can see how you could become an egomaniac and it can go to your head. But uh, each book comes from its own natural organic progression I'm working on one right now, which goes into a more perfected evil, a more perfected black magic. It's called Black Magic Excelsis, Black Magus Excelsis, which is about, you know, being on high, elevating yourself, and so on and so on. It's beyond, you know, new think, or it's beyond, like, self-help nonsense, in my opinion, or some kind of power dialogue, you know, live from your pain and all that. That's all been done before. This is about more garnering your oneness with, with the nature of the universe and so on. Um, but, you know, each one of the books has its own little take on things and its own little adventure. But it was started from a very organic place. Huh. And now, when you're writing books about this and Luciferian, and uh, have you had reactions from... Uh, different Satanist groups themselves? Um, I think all of them have my work. Um, and I think they're all just kind of curious about it. And I don't know how well they really feel about it. And I really don't care. Um, you know, it's not for everyone. It's not for every Satanist. It's not for really trying to convert or anything. I'm just, you know, looking at it from a philosopher's standpoint. I have gotten great feedback from certain ones. You know, people like it in general. Uh, I'm sure that it's, you know, not accepted in, in whole because I know different types of Satanists really, as I said, are kind of ridiculous to get along with. It's kind of like herding cats or something. 
Um, I mean, everyone is just really out for themselves. And I, I don't know if unified Satanism is ever possible. There is, you know, great, great power in unification, but, you know, you're, it's inherent within Satanism that you get into these hierarchical orders, a demonic pecking order, and so on and so on, where people always want to have a one-upmanship and so on and so on. I'm trying to, through my philosophy of Satanism, to get away from all that. I see that all as a waste of time. Because it doesn't get anyone power and it doesn't make anyone a lot of money. It just becomes a stupid bitch fest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's really nothing that comes out of it, be, be, being a high priest or whatever that is. Yeah, everyone's got that label. Everyone is a high priest. Everyone is some kind of, you know, renewed guru or they know the way. I mean, these people are breeding like rabbits. <laughs> kind of like these ghost hunters, you know. It's ridiculous, you know. It's like everyone's a ghost hunter now. I mean, it's just becoming a, a cliche or a concept or a phase that someone's going through, you know. I mean, and typically a lot of times it is a phase because, you know, this week they'll think, oh, I'm into like Satanism or whatever, and next week they'll be into like dragons or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now, so if I can ask, how old are you? Um, I really don't want to go there. <laughs> well, well, I'm with it, but you never know it, and I don't. <laughs> that's kind of like personal to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you I know, just, I, I just want to know how how long you've been practicing. Sort of, I want to see kind of. I've been practicing. I've been practicing for a while, but yeah, I I don't even deem age. I mean, I'm kind of. I've written about a satanic singularity, which is coming up, and I. I hope that all the Kurzweil's people and everything get that together because I want to jump on that bandwagon and try to live forever. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to go there, brother. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I, I feel that way myself. I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm 53 myself. So, uh, wow. so there you go. Um, yeah, you don't look 53, so that's good. Well, that's a good thing, but... Um, it it doesn't really change. You are what you are, right? Uh, <laughs> true, true. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, so, you've been. A, you said you were on this path for some time. I mean, you're on a supernatural venture as well. So I've been all my life. Um, so I, that's why I was sort of relating to kind of see how a lot of the things you say I actually understand. I I, I personally understand it, not just. Um, mentally when you say it so i kind of relate to what you say i agree with a lot of what you say so um that's why i wasn't trying to like get an age out <laughs> i really understand i mean i know and it's good to speak with someone who is sort of on the same page because i run into a lot of people that are stuck into the lucifer god construct or they're putting their faith in a bible or a book or something i mean or into islam or allah I don't think you should put your faith in anything, especially a book or a messiah. I think you need to just believe in yourself and flow with your own energy. You know, despite whatever my philosophy is or anyone's philosophy, that's really the crux of everything is, you know, in my experience is Luciferian liberation, having the power of choice, having the desire to go into and do whatever you want to do. It's when you get into these other things 
like, you know, labels of us versus them or, you know, we are the pure and you are the hated, you know, there will always be these kind of things within human nature. And uh, unfortunately, it will probably lead us to our end because it becomes reactionary, as I said, because we may not attack them, but when they come for us, we will have to take a stand and so on and so on. And it's odd how things are, are getting more that way over and over. And I think a lot of people are falling to what I term as slave religions, and they're getting into that construct, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go down. It's not going to be this friendly handshake kind of thing, and you're the altruists, or, you know, you have this weird philosophy. They're going to like, you know, you're going to get the sword. And, you know, you have to meet a sword with a sword. And you have to live by the sword. And if you don't, they're going to take your kindness or weakness. And they're going to slaughter you. Or they're going to take your children. And it's just unacceptable. Wow. Do you ever think that? But there's no real answer to that, is there? Not within human nature of the factors of evil. Yeah. You know, you know, sheeple are in the whole conundrum of, of their building, their construct, their whole nature is 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 almost at this point totally into false celebrity reality and you know consumerism and it's just a a cycle of death and destruction which is eventual because as as things begin to run out then the true nature of man is the instinct is going to come to the fore which is essentially survival but it means that we survive and you don't or you know you know, and they label, and it's just going to be a horrible experience, you know, because they're putting their faith in a lot of these things. But the whole nature of mankind is is a festering time bomb. You know, we're we are seven billion terrible. You know, we're we're sheeple of the lie, and soon there's going to be children of the purge. You know, where everything will have to be finding its consummation through an apocalypse. And it's unfortunate, because really it would be nice to be the guy with the flute who sits under the tree and no one bothers him. But unfortunately, you're going to have savages or whatever, and they will come for him. So even though his opinion, he may be a pacifist, and I personally don't think there are anything in a form of pacifism is acceptable to me, because I think pacifism is cowardice, in my opinion. But... You know, let's say he is, or that's his path, they will come and kill him, or whoever they are, when those events begin to transpire in, a, in an apocalyptic down, downfall. So, so, is there anybody that you pray to? Um, you know, I am at one with. Um, prayer is, I like the word prayer, I like the word incantation, I like the word evoke. You know, I use a lot of this stuff within my books. Um, I don't really pray to anything. I'm already at one. So, you know, I'm through more evocation. I pray to a satanic force within the universe, if you were to say it like that. But I'm at one with this. It's not necessarily something that I worship. You know, I worship myself, and I worship you know, the world as it's been given to me and so on, if you were to even use that word. But, you know, technically I really don't worship anything, and I'm just kind of at one. It's kind of like an H.R. Giger painting. 
you know, everything is so intertwined and interconnected that the beauty of the darkness really shines through. There's a lot to quantify. I don't mean to be so high-minded. I hope I'm not coming off like that. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. Um, It's good to kind of get your points, to get kind of how you are doing what you do. So, So there's really no, like you don't really belong to a church per se then. No, not necessarily. No, I don't really belong to an organization. Um, you know, there are a lot of organizations and so on. But I just don't. I'm a solitary practitioner. I'm on my own path, and I'm more, you know, a philosopher as well. I know I've used that several times, that term, but I really am. I really, you know, I sit and I think, and I try to seek out certain answers, as any other thinker or teacher would do. Although I'm not really into teaching per se, I'm into just marking down certain things so I really remember it and so I can really garner where I am in the world. I I I have to admit that I you know, even though I may not come off that way, I am sort of selfish and I think all of us are and I'm really this venture is kind of selfish and you know, the philosophy itself is selfish. I mean Mankind is a satanic species, and it's undertaking at a breakneck venture its own recreation, you know. And I think through scientific tinkering, uh, the mechanisms of life and so on will be altered, and there will be a satanic area in nature by design that will rise from us, that we are still evolving as a satanic species. You know, that this isn't our end road. Even though we may experience an apocalypse, it may perfect us. However, it may lead us to rubble as well. So, I mean, it's it's not necessarily looking at it where I can just, you know, I want to go into an organization and be a part of that. I mean, there are some very interesting ones. The Satanic Temple is very interesting, although they're more into civic and political constructs. They're they're more interested in trying to challenge certain laws within our in the United States, and that's where I say our. I mean that's where I live, and that's where I experience things. They're they're the probably one of the most interesting things going. But I found that sometimes these things peter out. You know, a lot of these different groups they come and go, or they don't have the the punch that I would want to have. So I just kind of stay solitary. Wow. Ah. <sighs> Well, so uh, where do you see yourself going over the next uh, five years? Well, I want to be, you know, very rich still. Most of everything I own is paid off. Um, I just want to really live high as much as possible and be sophisticated and experience and write more. Um, and just try to live out the life I have in a very fatalistic sense because I do not think that we have much longer. Ironically, my vibe on things is as we overpopulate, and I know I've said this, I think that there is a cataclysm to come. So I'm just kind of living every day like it's my last. And if we can go another five years, it'd be great. Well, So you think it's that quick? Well, yes. I mean, we're just going to begin to run out of things, you know. The, 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 there are certain reality is, is fast becoming foreclosed. And I think that overall, even, you know, as I said, through scientific tinkering and so on, we might be able to alter ourselves 
you know, we may not make it. You know, it's going to happen all within the next five years. I think that by 2020, we're really going to be in a settled space. I mean, it, if I, you know, if someone told me in 99 I'd make it this far, or society would have made it this far, I would have said, wow, you know, I don't know. And even now as I look at things and, and events, it's, it's becoming more and more apparent. I mean, I'm, you know, look at Israel. It's a, it's an enclosed camp where people are all locked in this wall and they're surrounded. I mean, it's just like gates and barbarians are everywhere. <laughs> it's just war is like, I guess war has always been present within our society, always been present in our world, but never been with such big toys. You know, and these toys, thermonuclear and whatever, it's just, in my opinion, ridiculous, and we shouldn't even be dealing with that. We should be unifying and going out in the universe, as I said, but we're not. We're we're really cordoning ourselves off, and uh, it's not a good combination of events. No, no. So, so when in these situations like this, do you find yourself trying to change people or... Uh, tell people this or do you just sort of figure sit back and let it happen i let people in society and the world do what it needs to do in its own progression i don't have any way or desire to alter it you know there's there's nothing that really can be done i mean people are going to run their own course and they're gonna they're gonna run their own lie you know i mean it's a different time and society is shifting and it'd be great to see that it could go another 20 years or so on and so on. I mean, there's a lot of variables and a lot of things that could happen. There could be supernatural alien contact. There could be anything at any moment that could change mankind at a blink of an eye. But um, right now, as it stands, mankind is its own worst enemy. Yeah. And so does that put you, does, does that change you? You, I mean, you you pretty much are saying that you live and do what you kind of feel you you feel the urge to do, sort of like this is you know you you're you're taking care of yourself here, your needs. Right now, so does yes. this change you in the fact that okay, the the world's going to end in in five years, let's just say, or something? Would it change the way you're living now, any? No, because I'm very fatalistic. And I recommend anyone to live every day like it's your last. You want to be at you want to live at your highest and best. You know you want to you know overcome whatever struggles you have and just realize that it's a very mortal existence at least right now. So no, it doesn't really change me at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be on this course and I'm gonna die with this philosophy. Um, I don't I don't see any significant reason why not to. I mean. As we are right now, it's just a matter of time until we're all gone, you know. But I don't, you know, I do, you know, want the world to go forward, you know. I'm just going on a five-year calculation looking at how things are. But, I mean, I'm not saying that the end of the world will be in five years. I'm saying that it's it's highly, you know, possible that something as things progress the way they are it is very possible that some kind of cataclysm will evolve but no i mean i'm just a fatalist and i'm living every day like it's my last 
and just try to live easy. Don't have any craziness going on. Don't get yourself wrapped up in nonsense. You certainly don't want to end up behind a prison wall or in a gated cell, you know, because life is way too short. Yeah, yeah. So so then uh, your life day-to-day is good? You just do whatever you want? You party a lot? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I live it every day, man. I mean, I don't party all that much. I mean, I don't party any more than anyone usual. I mean, I do enjoy a drink now and then, but, uh, no, I mean, life is really, for me, is very good. Um, you know, I'm not having to answer to any taskmaster. I don't have to worry about, you know, where my money is coming from. I don't, I, you know, have cars, I have houses, you know, I just kind of live my life and I'm kind of set up, you know, and I have no real ego about it. And, um, that, that makes life easier, you know, and that's allowed me to explore this philosophy more and more, having that freedom and having that ability to do that. Yeah. Is there anything that you would change if you could? No, not too much. I don't think so. Um, I mean, the things that have occurred in the past, I think everyone has a desire to make some changes, some things that have happened in the past. But overall, then you can get into the question of, well, if you had changed this, then this would not have occurred. So, no, not really. I think everything needs to just lay the way it is right now. Well, it's certainly been interesting. Well, yeah, awesome, and I appreciate it, and I hope that uh, we brought some something interesting to the fore today. I think you have. I think it's great. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'll be back. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Helen Lewis, and I want to tell you about a podcast I've made for BBC Radio 4 and BBC Sounds. It's called The New Gurus, and it's about how everywhere you look on the internet, people are giving advice. Advice they claim will transform your life. Advice that gets some thousands, even millions of devoted followers. These online prophets are telling us how to eat, how to think, how to get rich, how to find love, how to manage our time. So how exactly are these gurus changing our lives and the world around us? And who holds them to account? Find out by subscribing to The New Gurus wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.